0: Hey, fresh ad read today because I want you to know that my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is coming out on November 14th of this year. This book is the culmination of all the research I've been doing on motivation for the last six months. In this book, you'll gain a fresh perspective on how motivation actually works, and by the time you finish reading, you'll understand how to leverage your motivation to accomplish your most important goals. I'm so excited for this book to come out, and you don't have to wait until November 14th to purchase your copy. In fact, you can go on Amazon and pre-order your copy today, and you'll receive an instant download via Kindle whenever the book becomes available. You can also wait to buy the paper book on November 14th if you want to have a copy to take notes in or if you want to bring me a copy and have me sign it for you. That's totally fine as well. I'll include a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes if you want to go ahead and pre-order, and I would be honored if you would help spread the word about the book to others who may also be looking for some extra motivation. As a special treat for listening to the show, I'll include a link to read the introduction right away for free on my website. You can hit pause and read it now if you want, or you can wait until you finish listening to the awesome conversation that you're about to hear. To the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I am especially excited for today's conversation, and I'll tell you why here in just a minute. Before we get there, quick reminder to subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. We release a new episode every Thursday, and we try to have a few bonus episodes throughout the month as well. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll also Always have easy access to that content when it becomes available. I also have a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for that will reinforce the main ideas from the podcast. You can sign up for that on my website, bradyross.com, pretty easy to find. Today, I am excited because my good friend, Peyton Menzenmeyer is coming back onto the show. You may remember Peyton was our guest back for episode two, our first episode with a guest. Peyton came on and talked about why purpose was important to him and how he's discovered the meaning and the value of purpose in his life. He also alluded to the fact that he was working on a book. And since Peyton came on back in March, he has finished his book. He's gone through the process of editing and he's starting some marketing work as well. And so I wanted to have Peyton come back on to talk about that journey from having the idea for the book to actually finishing the book and dig a little more into what he's learned about purpose along the way. You're going to be better for hearing this conversation. I can't wait for you to hear what Peyton has to share. So let's dive in. Here's Peyton. Peyton, it's great to have you back on the show. Our first repeat guest definitely says something about your insight and the value that you bring. So thanks for sharing some more time with us.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be back and excited to be with your listeners again, with you. It's always, we just always have good conversations, so I'm ready for it. Oh
0: yeah, today will be no exception. So
1: back in March when
0: we had you on the show, you said that you had a book in the works And now that book is a lot more than in the works. It's about to be released. So catch us up on what's going on there.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. We, man, from March to today, that book has been on a journey. I think last time we talked, I was, I don't know where I was in the process of it. I knew I was in the middle of writing it and it was probably half the book it is now because I remember I finished the draft. I sent it to you and a couple of other people, y'all read it. And then I wrote like, twice as much and added it to that book. And then I finished all of that, sent it to an editor and got all my edits back. And I was about to like, all right, send it to the printer. We're doing this thing. And a couple of my close friends came in and were like, we don't like the name of this book. (laughs) It was like, okay, you know, so it's been through a lot of iterations, including the entire name of it, which is a story on purpose, and it is set to come out October 13th, which I set so that I can remember that date, and that is Friday the 13th in October. So I was like, it's the spookiest day. Writing a book is a lot of people's fears. It's one of my biggest fears, and I was like, okay, I'm going to capture that date. It, and here we go. It's scariest moment, I'm launching it, it's almost done, and now I'm transitioning to learn the difference between writing a book, editing a book, and then selling and marketing a book, which is a journey I'm learning on the way, and it's it's exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, congratulations on getting to this point. I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I think something like 80% of Americans want to write a book, but less than 1% actually reach that goal. So this is huge. And remind us, so I'll link your first episode in the show notes. And some of the listeners probably remember we had a conversation about purpose and why that's important to you. But how do you talk about purpose and the value of purpose in the book?
1: Yeah. So the 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 book is called A Story on Purpose, and it's kind of a double meaning name. I mean, it's a story about the topic of purpose, and we can talk about that more if you want to of why that topic. I know we talked a little bit about that um, whenever I was on before, but it's also the, the double meaning is it's written as a story on purpose. And the reason I did that is because what I have found is that the people who need the people who need the topic of purpose, so who are don't feel like their life has purpose or living a life that's meaningless or kind of stuck that you know that feeling of just being stuck, they're not really the people that are picking up self-help books <laughs> and like I'm gonna pick myself up by the bootstraps. I'm gonna read this book and change my life around. Usually that's high achievers that are trying to sharpen their tools. And so I was like, I want to help the people who are on step one. Or who are want to take step one, and there's a lot of good content, but I can't just hand them a, you know, a, a purpose book that's written like a scientific novel and or like a you know science textbook and hope that they're going to read it and get something from it and be motivated. So I wrote it as a story. It's a it's a fictional story. Follows a young guy who has a lot of circumstances, had a lot of angst in his mind, has a breakdown, finds a mentor, and you get to be on a journey with him. And I'm really hoping that. The readers of this who may be experiencing some of the things my character Ethan is experiencing that they will be able to resonate on a very personal, they'll be able to see what I call the principles, there's five principles, they'll be able to see the principles play out and like, hey, I know what that thought's like, like I know what those toxic thoughts are like and how they cripple me or I know what it's like to have a panic attack and to have a shortness of breath and the racing thoughts and the high blood pressure and Like I know those experiences and I can resonate and, you know, maybe I can try some of the things that Ethan in the book is trying in my own life. So that's kind of the format of the book and why it's different than your typical self-help book, because it's written for the people who might be on step one and need to take that first step. Mm hmm. And the book is fantastic. Like you mentioned earlier, I've had a chance to read it.
0: I got to read it earlier this year, probably in a much different form than it is now. Um, Kind of a funny aside. So you mentioned Ethan being the main character. I remember the character having a different name when I read the book. (laughs) Everything
1: changed in this book. It was a journey for the book.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Obviously, the book is not released yet but you've shared it with people, you've gotten some reviews. What's been a really encouraging piece of feedback that you've heard or even a success story from someone who's implementing some of these principles?
1: Yeah, so I, it, this is actually very applicable to something that just happened yesterday. So I'm a pastor by trade. So that's what I do a regular day. I'm in my office, I'm writing lessons, I'm counseling people, which is why this book means so much to me because a lot of the people I'm counseling are talking about purpose and meaning. And I had a young lady in my office yesterday and no connection to the book, doesn't know I'm writing anything, you know, kind of on the outskirts of our church community. But she comes in, she's struggling. She uses the word, I feel stuck. I don't know what to do. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just kind of lost. I'm in a dismal place. I don't know what my next step is. And she literally is sitting on my couch, like right across from where I'm sitting right now and said like, I just feel like my life doesn't have purpose, and I don't know. It just obviously I'm not going to use that moment to say like, "Hey, well, you know, I just wrote a book, and here you go, I'll sell it to you." Like that obviously is inappropriate for that moment. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Okay, this is this is the person that I wrote this book for," and so for the first time ever, I'll be completely transparent. I've done all of these principles in my mind. I have never sat down with somebody and taught them. Like, I know they work because I've seen them work in my life. I've seen them work in other people's life in, you know, not directly attached to me. So I know the principles work, but to share those principles with somebody else, the book is my first real experience of doing that. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, well, now's your opportunity. So I basically lead her through the first principle, and I don't tell her like, whoa, my book principle one, but you know, just, I'm just, I'm walking through the, and we talked about this in our first episode, it's the three D's. Like you gotta know your direction. So you know what to do to get there, their discipline, and then you will be developed on the way. So the three D's. So I'm just talking through these things with her and you can just see, you know, light bulbs going off and eyes getting big and like, what? Well, okay. Like I I can actually do something with that that doesn't seem insurmountable. It's not like, well, you know, one day your whole life will be better. Well, for somebody who is down <laughs> in, in the in the ditches, in the trenches of their life, they're, they're not, they can't even imagine that possibility, but they can imagine a next step. Like, well, why don't you just try doing this today? And that is actually actionable. And, you know, it just, it's a lot more obtainable. So to connect that thought, you know, it, it was it's a really cool moment to see the principles that I've spent so years developing and writing out and testing in my life. It was a cool moment to see them click, to resonate with somebody who I actually wrote the book for.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. That's fantastic, especially given that it happened yesterday. And I think part of what you're talking about, this idea that you take something and you put it into action and you may not see immediate results, but it at least gets you on that right trajectory. I think there's a degree of acceptance that's necessary there because we all want quick fixes, right? We want the, the weight loss pill to where we get in the best shape of our life in 24 hours. Like we want all of our problems to disappear. The reality is life doesn't always work that way. It often doesn't work that way. And it requires this level of patience and perseverance from us which is challenging, but there's also something cool that happens inside of us as we go through that, where we are growing and developing into stronger people, more stronger people, rather, more capable of handling challenges in the future. And so I think that what's cool about what you're talking about, not only does it help get you to where you want to go or where you need to be, but there's also this process of refinement, I guess, if you want to call it that, that's happening in
1: you as you go through that. Yeah. And that's the development stage. It's like, you will grow, but the most important thing is to start. And I always, that, that, that is, you know, there's a lot of like, um, tips and tricks on like development and getting work done and procrastination. You know, some people have like a five minute timer on their thing. It's like, Hey, I'll just do it for five minutes. And if I want to stop, I'll stop because they know starting is the most important step. Just taking a step And a lot of fear will diminish a lot of that procrastination or the dread, you know, dreading doing it, all of that will fade away because you realize this thing is not as insurmountable as you make it out to be. And so you want an action that is small enough to diminish fear. So you'll take the step, but big enough to actually make a difference towards your goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for this girl, that was, you know, a few things that I gave her yesterday um for somebody listening to this that might be you know focus on the process of writing if you want to write a book it's possible to you but you need to focus on writing you need to let that be your main you know your main drive not being a bestseller you know getting on the bestseller list or selling you know thousands of copies or even having a complete book like you're the only thing you need to focus on today is writing just mm-hmm. sit down 10 minutes 5 minutes and write and what you'll see over time is the result that you want, but you can't focus on that. Your focus has to be on that next step.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you bring that up because that's where I wanted us to go next. So I brought you back on in part because I wanted you to have a chance to update us on the book. But I'm also really curious about what you learned through this process of finishing the book. And you alluded earlier to this idea that you had before of writing writing, a book being one of the scariest things that you can do so how is your perception of writing a book now different from before you wrote a story on purpose
1: yeah so i am in a i'm in the high right now because it's exhilarating but i'm also i i'm also like i'm at square one because it's a bug. Like you write book one and you're ready to write book two. So like I'm looking at the mountain. I have a mountain behind me that I just climbed and I'm looking at another mountain and I'm at its base. And I'm like, okay, I got to climb that thing again. But I'm in a different place than I was before. So two steps back is it's always been a dream of mine to write a book since I was a kid. I mean, I, I remember I was audible to my grandma in the car before audible was ever a thought, right? I was reading her books, I was writing books as a kid at 10 years old. I remember writing a book called Mancala that is based on a board game. It had nothing to do with a board game, but I didn't know what naming a book was. I just wrote a story. I wrote books. I And I've always dreamed of seeing my name on the spine of a book. And it's just been in the back of my mind. Like one day, maybe you'll write a book. And finally, I got to a place where I was like, either I'm going to keep dreaming about this or one day I will actually see it. But that's going to involve what we talked about earlier, starting it. And what I have learned after writing this first book is kind of like everything we've been talking about now is that every small action accumulates over time to the end result that you want, but you have to be hyper-focused on those small actions. And so like, for example, I had a physical chart that I got some butcher paper. I plastered it to our living room wall, which my wife was so thrilled about. You know, <laughs> and I put it's a- decoration. It. It, Yeah, it was great. <laughs> like Right where we ate. So every time we had guests, I put it out public so that my guests could see it. And it was a chart. And it was like, my goal is 50,000 words, because that's your average approachable book size, 50,000 words. I have my outline. I know how I'm going to fill- those 50,000 words, I just have to actually get them out of me. And I would set goals. In the next two weeks, I want to hit 3,000 word count. Next two weeks, I want to hit a 7,000 word count. And I'd mark where I want to be. And then after two weeks, I'd mark where I'm at. And I just slowly watch that grow. And it was encouraging for some people that might be like, I'll never reach that top. For me, it was I can visually see my progress. And so now, I'm looking at the next mountain. I'm looking at another book I want to write. I know what it's going to take. I've done it before. And I was just talking to my a family member about this um, a couple of days ago. They're like, "Are you scared to write another book?" And I'm like, "No, because the only thing I have to worry about today is reading this book because I'm researching. I'm researching the topic and I'm, you know, I need to read some books to get some background of it. So I was like, the only thing I have to do today is read this book. I don't have to write the book today. I just have to read 10 pages out of this book and I can do that. And that kind of perspective comes with doing it over and over and over again for the past year and a half of writing that first book. And it's just a lesson you learn that you don't have to do it all. You just have to do this small thing.
0: Yeah, it makes me think about episode 28 of this podcast where we had Nate Slugger come on And He's a personal trainer, and he talked about how when he's working with someone who has this fear about going to the gym, he doesn't start with getting them on this intense workout in the physical space of the gym. He says, just work on getting your shoes on first. Once you can do that, then go sit in the car. You don't even have to drive to the gym, but just go sit in the car. And Then once you're comfortable with that, drive to the gym, go sit in the parking lot, and you're just working up to this place where all of a sudden that mountain to kind of riff on your metaphor from before, doesn't look like quite as high of a summit that you have to climb to. And I think neurologically, what's going on there, I've had this conversation with a lot of people lately, especially in the motivational realm. So habits become habits, because our brain begins to associate certain rewards with certain outcomes, and our brains prioritize the most certain outcomes because it likes the sure thing. It likes the guarantee. And so anytime you think about doing something new, your brain is pushing back against that because the outcome is uncertain. How do we know that it's going to be a reward and not a punishment? And so we feel less motivated to take action than we do to remain complacent and stay where we are because it's safe to just stay where we are and not do anything new. But as you slowly start to take those new actions, whether it's working to go to the gym or working to write a book, you're reversing those habit loops, you're reminding yourself that, or not reminding yourself, but you're teaching yourself that that decision, that step, that outcome that you thought was so scary before, it's not as bad as you thought. And then over time, the motivation to continue, you're going to need a lot less than what you ever needed to get
1: started. Yeah, John A. Cuff talks about this in his new book, All It Takes is a Goal. He calls them easy goals, right? Things that, and I love this is kind of a new mantra for me. It's a goal that would be laughable if you told someone else about it. Like it's so easy that people think like that's it, right? And what you do over time is you're proving yourself, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And then you can then upgrade it after you've proven, I can put on my shoes every morning and walk around the house. I can do that. Okay. Now, what if I go for a walk outside? Can I do that? Let's try that. And for some people, they're like, that's easy, right? How dare you? But what you're working your way up to is what John Acuff calls a guaranteed goal, which is there's where people are saying, there's no way you're going to accomplish that. So like running a marathon, they may be, are no way you're going to accomplish that. And you can just say like, well, I have proven to myself and that's the only person I have to convince is myself to, of doing this. And I started with an easy goal and I worked my way up to it. I would have put a hundred dollars on the
0: table that John Akef was going to come up at some point in this conversation. It seems like that always happens with
1: us. I mean, he just wrote a book. How can we not talk? And it's an <laughs> excellent book. I will endorse it. I mean, he is, he is, real, he's helping a lot of people with his content. Yeah. Can I buy
0: your book and his book in a bundle on Amazon to make <laughs> that happen? Yeah.
1: Read mine before. So then the expectations are not miscued there. <laughs> yeah.
0: But read both. That's what I'm taking away. Yeah.
1: I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: That's good. Um, well, I have one more question and then I want to hear more. Well, I know, but I want the people listening to hear more about where they can pre-order the book or buy a copy when it comes out. But just thinking about all the people who I have conversations with that want to write a book, but don't know where to start, or they're struggling to get the traction that they want. What advice, if you could go back and give advice to yourself before you started writing
1: based on what you know now, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself that the number one thing is if you want to write a book, if you want to be a writer, then you need to be writing, (laughs) which sounds so obvious, but for a lot of people, it's not. Like before you start working on your book you should be in the process of just writing because you're going to refine and you're going to find your art and your craft and your voice you're going to build the that muscle that discipline like all of those things matter to the ultimate task for an author which is to write a book that's the marathon for an author to write a book it's just to have one and so But you have to be writing, you have to be building that muscle up, you know, and so use whatever metaphor you want, you know, or use whatever kind of parallel of losing weight or being a good parent, like it takes daily discipline and that can start. Here's the good news that can start today. Like you don't have to have a book idea to be an author in the sense of like an author may be down the road, but you're going to be putting all of the work that comes in behind being an author today. By just sitting down and saying I'm writing a hundred words today, don't know what I'm writing about, doesn't matter. You're just writing. Doesn't have to be public, it could be private. You know, there could be back and forth in that. And what you'll see over time is just you've built that muscle. It's stronger. The second thing I would say is if you want to be a writer, you have to be a reader. Like you just need to be absorbing information. Now there's different ways than just regular paperback. You can listen to books, you can Um, You can talk to people about books they're reading and engage in it that way, Um, but you have to read. You have to be intaking content in order to output content. And so, yeah, you have to be a writer. You have to be a reader. Those are the two most important things. And then the third one is you just have to write. (laughs) Like you, you just have to sit down eventually and write the book. And if you have an idea and you've developed it, then you're just going to have to put in the work to write that thing before you will ever get to a printed copy of it. So those are the three things I would do. Write on a regular, read on a regular. And then whenever you have your book idea, just write it and allow. It doesn't have to be perfect on day one. You just have to get it out on paper. And like you saw with my book, the title changed, the character changed. I added a whole bunch of books and that was in March. (laughs) We're in September. Not even that much time has passed and all of those things have changed. But the book has gotten better. Like it's it's it was served well by doing that. So
0: mm-hmm. I love that. I think James Clear talks about the rhythm between taking in content and putting out content, and how they're both so important. I think it's easy for me as a writer to just think, "Oh, I've got to put out content all the time." Like I'm always giving, giving, giving. But I need to step back at times and take some more of that in for myself because that's going to enhance the quality of what I produce in the future when I'm not just
1: locked into that echo chamber of my own thoughts. Yeah. My, my creativity is at its height whenever I am in taking the most amount of information, like whenever I'm reading primarily, not like TikTok scrolling or all that's toxic, that's poison. That's, that's food stuff. That's not actually giving you nutrients. It's actually taking in creative and constructive content. That's whenever I produce the most. And so Mm -hmm. I just made that correlation okay if i want to write more i need to read more and there you go there's the cycle absolutely this was so good i'm glad that we had you back on
0: a second time maybe we'll have you on a third time in the future when that second book comes out we'll have to hear more about well
1: and that's that's a good point is that my goal is this time next year october 1st next year i want to have a draft in my hand of book two but that doesn't happen immediately. That happens a year from now. So what do I do today is I read, I write, you know, I do whatever so that when that time comes and I'm back on, we can have the same conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's a good bonus idea to wrap us up with. It's like, if you have a goal for something that you want to do in a year, you have 365 steps to take that will help you get there. And that's that's liberating for me to think about the big goals that I have. It's like, I want to do this, but I don't have to do it all at one time. How do I break that down into 365 steps? And then I don't have to be super specific, but just thinking I have that many opportunities to take a bite out of this. It makes me think like more things are possible, more things are doable. So Peyton, thanks again for sharing the time with us, obviously. You've got the book coming out in a little less than a month. If someone wants to go pick up a copy of that, or if they want to share the information about that book with someone who they think might benefit from it, how can they do that?
1: Yeah. So I would recommend a storyonpurpose.com. So that's the name of the book, A Story on Purpose. And you can also find it, it's just on my regular website. It goes directly to the page on there, which is payton, P-A-Y-T-O-N, men's, M-I-N-Z.com. There, I also have like my blog, my writings. I have a weekly newsletter about three minutes. It's a three minute long read for your next breakthrough, where I talk about a lot of this kind of stuff between courage and positive self-talk and how to accomplish your goals, habits. I talk about all of that in a short form every every week I send that out. Um, And so people can subscribe to that there. The book comes out October 13th. And so the scariest day of all, October, Friday, 13th. So you can remember that and it'll be just available on Amazon. That's where I'm primarily selling it from. So on that date, you could go on there, story on purpose, and you should be able to find it and purchase it. I love it.
0: Can't wait for October 13th. Can't wait to help you spread the word and celebrate just reaching this milestone. Great work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable whether it's via text chat phone or video call you can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you if you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge with BetterHelp you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy but with a therapist who is custom picked for you you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price especially when you you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com M-F-R-P. That's betterhelp.com M-F-R-P. Check it out and sign up today.